So I was listening to The Bonfire with Big Jay Okerson and Dan Soda, their podcast version, and they opened up with, uh, what's a lie you have told that you got caught with? You know, something simple and stupid to your friends that you, like, you lied about having a girlfriend or you lied about, I don't know, something to that effect. Well, here's one that the Daiquiri boys will uh, thoroughly enjoy. Oh, that is a flatbed truck whipping down the breakdown lane on the Mass Pike. Did you hear that? Wow. So that really threw me for a loop there for a second. By the way, I'm stuck in traffic here right now. I've been two hours on the Mass Pike, so I figured I'd do a little podcasting. So, back to the story. What is a lie that you've told for no good reason other than to try to make yourself look cool and then you ended up looking like a big, dumb, fat liar? Well... The Daiquiri brothers will probably have a list of them because I was a bit of a, as Jay Bullock would like to call it, a mother goose. I'd tell a few tall tales. My favorite one that Mike especially would hate, <laughs> loves to hate, is uh, I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts. When we were kids, there was a movie called Curly Sue. <laughs> and I had overheard uh, my parents talking to like my aunts and uncles or something about about the significance of this movie because the young girl in the movie, Curly Sue, was from Worcester, Massachusetts. Do I 100% even know if that's true? I don't really know. But that's what I heard. And I, as a little adventurous child, put two and two together and thought that perhaps my cousins knew this girl and she lived in their neighborhood. And I don't know if I deliberately came right out and said that or if the story just got a little, a little bit away from me. I think I ended up telling everybody that I would go over my cousin Dave's house and we'd all hang out with Curly Sue and ride bikes. <laughs> and I don't even remember how the fuck it got, I got caught. But <laughs> to this day, Mike Dacky will say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one of those fucking Curly Sue stories. <laughs> another one of those Curly Sue stories, you fucking bullshitter. Alright, so maybe I never met Curly Sue, Mike, alright? Maybe I took a little bit of a true story, you know, like 1% of the story was true, and ran with it a little because I was a little inventive, you know, shit, the name of my podcast is Stories from Central Mass, alright? Now, most of the stories I've told you have all been 100% true, unless I told you it wasn't, or I wasn't sure of, but at any rate... I'm sure this will instigate Daiquiri. That's what we call Mike. To, to, to call in and, and, and re, re, rebuke, rebuttal, whatever the word is I'm looking for. Tell me a big fat liar again and tell you exactly what I actually said in this situation. God, I stumbled over my words so much right there and I was laughing and I don't want to record that over because I don't think I could fake the laughter. So I'm just going to leave it in just the way it is. But yeah... Yep, fucking Curly Sue, man. I guess the girl, I don't even know if the girl ever did another movie again or not. You know? I can just remember my buddy Russ telling me that his uh, father went to high school or was in a play or something with Dennis Leary in high school because he was from Worcester as well. And before I got to even ask a question about it, I believe Darker was like, No! Your dad did not go and said to me, no, something like, you know, no, you're full of shit. Curly Sue did not go, you were not in a play with Curly Sue or whatever, you know. Made me feel like a complete asshole. 
because I was totally full of shit. And I didn't even realize at the time as a little kid, I wasn't even a little kid, I was like 11, how I just let this bullshit story get the best of me and just spread it all over. Oh, man. You know, as far as Bullet calling me Mother Goose, because Mother Goose has got a lot of stories. I wish I had some more of the stories I used to tell him. I used to make him laugh a lot as a little kid. And he'd find out years later that most of it was made up. Oh, but I never lied about having a girlfriend or anything. Because I, you know, there's a good chance I didn't. So no one was really going to ever buy that. But man, that's some good stuff. So I'm going to name this episode The Legend of Curly Sue. <laughs> So, I've been on the Mass Pike. It's 5.20. I was coming back from Needham. I had uh, an appointment to go to. And I'm going back to Worcester. And uh, I've been on the Pike for well over an hour and a half. And I am just getting to Grafton right now. So, if you're one of my international listeners, this should have taken about 45, 50 minutes. And it's taken twice as long. As you heard just a couple minutes ago, the... Uh, flatbed truck driving like as fast as an ambulance whipping down the inside lane here so i'm going to be coming up on this accident hopefully it's not brutal but looking at my gps it's solid red line i have not gone over five miles an hour in quite some time now i'm eating my last jolly rancher i have no soda left i have no water and i am hungry nevertheless i hope this isn't something terrible i will keep you posted So I just listened to the uh, last two things I put on the podcast, yeah. And if you are at home and you're playing the Stories from Central Mass podcast drinking game, every time I say, nevertheless, take a shot. Yeah. I gotta work on that. It is one of my favorite sayings. And then I also say, forget about it. And I don't mean to try to sound like I'm in a Scorsese film. It's actually something I kind of say sometimes. Ooh, cringy, I know, I know. Not as bad as uh, how I adapt to uh, other people's vernacular. I tend to sometimes steal other people's words. I'm really not all that original. (laughs) My father would always say, Oh, what'd you say there? Say, Say a few more syllables. I didn't realize he was stealing that from the Three Stooges. I thought that was something original. And I thought my grandfather was the first person, my uh, my father's father, Mike. I thought he was, oh, by the way, I'm the fourth. I've never declared that. I'm the fourth Mike Ruggiero. And technically there's a fifth. Yes, I have a second or a third cousin, I'm not sure what he is, with the same first and last name as me. That's funny, because I was making fun of my friend May you rest in peace, Tony Baldino, because he had a cousin named Tony Baldino. Not realizing that I had a cousin named Mike Ruggiero. Nevertheless, take a shot. So I walked right into that one there. Uh, I ended the brief little speech I had there with a take a shot and I didn't actually tell you what my grandfather said 
I don't know, and this is something I'm curious of, because the only person I've ever heard say this is my father or my grandfather, or people who heard him, or heard them say it, is Terras. I've said Terras, and maybe it's my accent in front of a few different people from other places. Not like I'm some worldly traveler or anything, but nevertheless. Oh god, I did it again. Anyway, Terras. My grandfather would be like, oh man... Uh, you know, the dumpster guy said he was going to be here on Tuesday. I'm Terrace. He's out here. He's not here. It's Thursday now. He ain't here yet. No, he didn't sound anything like that. Because that's my whisper voice I'm doing right now. He's actually a very well-spoken guy. And he would just be like, you know, Terrace was something he would say. And I asked my Uncle Todd, who's my uncle on the other side of the family. And he worked at the factory with me, my father, my grandfather. And, uh... He told me, and he often pulls my leg. You know, he's, he's, he's like, he's very dry humor and sometimes very funny and other times very fucking annoying. But he's like, no, I'm like, I, uh, I've never heard anyone else in the world say that. I think your grandfather made that up. Now, I've also declared that my grandfather, Mike Ruggiero Jr., I'm not saying our middle name just because I have to have some type of uh, animosity. Is that animosity? An- anonymity? I-, I don't fucking know. Anyway, he, he, I also said that my grandfather wrote the song on top of spaghetti all covered in cheese. And I'll go to my grave with that because he did. But my Uncle Todd said that he had never heard anyone ever say the word terrace before until he met my grandfather. So, I'm sure that's not the case. So let me know. Mike, let me tell you a tale from the curb. I've been wanting to get this story to you for a while. Here we go. It's the it's the day I earned my name, Iron Duke's Daiquiri, down at the uh, old workplace. Um, and it also, let me preface by saying it was a Friday. Now, everybody that goes to work on a Friday wants to get the hell out of work on a Friday. That's the objective, right? Let's go home and start this weekend. Especially when you're doing trash, Mike, because... It's a less than pleasant job to pick up people's trash. So you have to keep a mindset of, let me get the hell out of this job today. So the faster I go, the quicker I can go home. And there's a lot of bullshit you gotta let roll off your shoulder. A lot of headaches, traffic, people, school buses, trash ripped apart, needles, glass. I mean, I've been cut. So... To catch a trash man on a Friday is not usually his happiest day. Friday routes tend to be heavy. And when you work for the city, picking up their trash, it's really no joke. You're on and off the back of a truck constantly. 2,000 plus stops a day, easy. And you're going to be picking up anywhere from 9 to 14 tons of trash by yourself. Uh, by your, With your two hands, Mike. So you can see where if a guy's slinging trash bags all day, heavy ones, wet ones, miserable maggots, it's like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a, well, almost when you're at the gym, it's your short spurts. You're firing off in short spurts. So your muscles are just like contracting and, you know, you're just, you're jacked up. You've been picking trash. You've been jumping off a truck, launching bags. You're jacked up. So that's where I was on this Friday, Mike. We were up on Grafton Street, 
Between Sunderland and Grafton, there's a wedge of roads, a triangle, if you will. We call them the ABCDs. It's Arcadia Street, Baldwin, I believe, Cascade, and Dalton, ABCD. So we would pick these roads in like a way up and down, up and down, right? And so we were on our last road called Dalton Street. It's two lanes. It's only about three, um, one, two, three, it's about seven stops max on the road. Short road. Runs from Sunderland to Grafton right into the stop and shop. Do you know where that is? So uh, that's where the story begins. Oh, I hear you, Vin. End of the week, people trying to get shit done. I, I have the utmost respect for the trash man, you know. I mean, it does drive me fucking bananas myself when I'm trying to deliver bread and I'm stuck behind a tra- trash truck. But I also have a, uh, a common understanding of trying of being in people's way while you're trying to work. You know, not every restaurant has a loading dock. Not, not everywhere you go, not every school has a loading zone for a bread delivery. You know, all, all the service people out there delivering on stuff, they, they're often forgotten about, and, and uh, especially especially the sanitation. So, uh, I hear you. So, uh, let, let's get to this story. I like the name, Curbs, uh, Stories from the Curb. I'm going to put that on the title. So, uh, carry on. So, we're on Dalton Street. We're picking. Now, we when you work in doing trash sometimes you pick two sides of the road you got to pick up both sides because you ain't going back that way so this dalton road is a a small short road it's got about seven stops of trash on it so we're like going down this road we start on the right side of the road mike actually there's one stop on the wrong side of the road i ran over grabbed that bag he's on the right side of the road i run back over throwing a barrel in throw another barrel in so Roger was never a great driver. Never known to make your job easy on the back. The way it works is you both have a CDL license to pick, you know, drive a truck, but the lower guy is going to be on the back. So that's where I'm a driver. He's a driver, but I'm a better driver. He's just a shitty driver with more time. So I have to work harder. So he was never known to get the hopper, the back of the truck close. So you'd always have to work harder to get the bags in. Whereas I could angle the truck back right up to you, Mike. You'd pick a bag up and drop it right in. Ta-da, and we're on our way. Raj, not so much. Lazy driver. Sits in the middle of the road, angled all stupid. So whatever. So I'm working, throwing bags in. Now we're back on the opposite side of the road. We're back on the right side of the road. And now the traffic's behind us. But we're almost done. We only got four stops to go, Mike. One on the opposite and three on the right. Well, people don't like that. And the traffic is piled up now. So there's a truck behind us who's getting creepingly closer to me at the back of my stairs than I like. In my opinion, he's encroaching on my safety. So I turn around and I say to the guy, you stop your truck. And he says, get the fuck out of the road. Well, his passenger did this guy. I I can picture him right now. The driver was, um, I'm not going to say. He was a shitbag. <laughs> Anyways, they're in a pickup truck, and they got a bunch of scrap metal in the back. I say, oh, okay, I'm assessing the scene. I see these guys are scrap metal. Is generally, they're pieces of shit. So, 
I said, dude, stop your truck. He's like, get the fuck out of the road. So now Roger's angling. We're still working. We're, we're creeping, picking up trash, trying to get the fuck out of the way so the people can go. And this guy doesn't like it. So he's trying to get around the truck. But Roger doesn't even fucking know. He's just fucking doing his job. This guy doesn't even see this asshole. Because when you can't see a guy in your mirrors, you can't see that fucking jerk. Sorry to swear. Anyways. <laughs> so we're picking up trash. This guy starts he's piping off. He opens his door and starts to get out of his truck. The, the passenger. The passenger's a white male. He's like in his 50s. He looks scruffy to me. I said, yo, get the, get the fuck back in your truck or I'll kill you. Just like that. Said those exact words to this guy. Fuck you. Right? So we're still rolling, rolling, rolling. He's rolling. Now the guy's rolling with his door open and his buddy's trying to get out of the fucking car. I'm like, you're an idiot. Get in your car, right? So now he gets out of his car and I'm at the back of it. Now I'm pissed. So we're going to make this guy wait. This is what we do. I'm going to run the hopper now so you can wait. And he starts walking over to me. And as my hop is running, I'm going to walk across the street, grab a trash barrel. I've told him to stay the fuck in his truck. So I got a trash barrel and I'm coming back across the road. And he meets me in the middle of the road. And he's in my face yelling at me, Mike. There's cars everywhere, right? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. He says to me, this guy's skinny, right? He's got to weigh about 165. He's got uh, a... a hat on he's got a beard scruffy he's scrawny he's got a i forget what he had for a shirt maybe a flannel he had tight you know like uh, you know you ever see a skinny guy with tight jeans he looks like a dork and he had uh work boots on i said dude get out of my fucking face and he's saying what are you gonna do you short little trash man he says to me as he spits onto me okay And at the same time he's trying to, he pushes me, he goes to push me, my reflexes, my right arm just shoots out and pops him in his jaw and down on the ground he goes, Mike, right in the middle of the road, right on the yellow line, the guy's flat on the ground, one shot to his face, down, boom, I'm like, oh fuck, dude, like just taken aback, like wow, I just knocked this guy out in the middle of the road, dude. He came up to me, though. I'm totally justified, and I don't care. At that point, I don't give two shits, dude. I'm a trash man picking up trash. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. It's like someone coming up to you with your bread job, and they, they start fucking with you. you. You're in the right of mind to kill them. Hit them out of the way. Anyway, this guy's on the ground. He's, he's starting to get his whereabouts. He's getting up. He's coming back at me. I'm like, oh, you ain't coming at me, son. I charge at him and grab him by his, like, throat area and his clothes. And I just got him wrapped up. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I will kill you, right? And right as I'm about to pick this fella up and just launch him. Hey, hey! All of a sudden, this big blonde guy running over. Police! What's the police? I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) So, right? Undercover cop, dude. He was parked two cars behind. He's seen the whole shit. (laughs) He's like, you are right? I seen him hit. I seen him try to hit you. I said, oh, you seen all that? He's like, ah, yeah. Yeah, you defended yourself, he says to me, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he's got this guy up against his truck. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? This guy's doing his job. You can't interfere. They asked me if I want to press charges. I'm like, ah, dude, I'm in the heat of the moment. I just want to get the fuck out of there, dude. I don't want to get in trouble by a boss. I don't, I, 
you can pick you can finish your route and go home so i'm just thinking let get me to my fucking car i got like four roads left dude let's get the hell out of here this cop's sitting here saying you want to press charges on this guy and i'm thinking yeah i want to fucking press charges on this motherfucker but i don't want to have a whole scene i'm gonna be at work for another hour and a half here i said you know what to the cop i said i think i taught him a lesson enough (laughs) and uh so we finished the road the cop tells the fucking scrap metalist to get out of there right the traffic dissipates i get up in the truck um my heart is pounding like holy shit rog did you see that shit he's like oh i was just on the radio telling everybody you like mike tyson back there you knocked this dude right out in the middle of the road i'm like oh you shit you said that on the radio dude he's like yeah everybody's loving it and next thing you know you hear on the radio my boss is like iron duke's dak are you on i'm like oh shit iron duke's dak are you on i'm like i'm on i'm on he's like you all right i said uh you need he said you need anything i said no i just want to go home (laughs) he said all right have a good day and that was that dude and uh, that's what they called me well my boss a couple other people called me that for the rest of the way iron duke's dakery i'll never forget it mike i will never forget that punch to that man's face it wasn't even a punch dude i didn't even know i was gonna punch and that's why i have I don't know. That's why I, I just don't... You don't know what's going to happen of a fight, Mike. You ever get in a fight? Be careful because you don't know what can happen. Uh, that punch just came right out of me. Knocked that fellow. Uh, he went up in the air and onto the ground. He, he literally came out of the... I guess you could say he came out of his boots. He left the ground. Uh, and that was just strictly reflex of this guy's spit and push at the same time. And my arm just... Whoa, unleashing into his jaw ah it was what it was the greatest punch i ever threw i feel like and i didn't even mean to throw it it just happened so that's the story of ian duke's daiquiri i hope it's a good one i enjoy it Ian Duke's daiquiri knocking out dudes in the middle of the road while doing his trash room. That is the best story yet to be told on this show. That is fucking phenomenal. I've known you like almost 35 years and I've never heard this story. You don't you don't mess with three people. I heard this from from the from a military guy once. You don't mess with the paymaster, you don't mess with the cook, and you definitely for damn sure don't mess with the trash man. And that fucking fool stepped out of his truck you gave him ample warning i believe you i'm sure you wanted to just yell shit at him and you know but but there's something just extra disgusting disgusting about someone getting in your face and spitting on you and it's just a knee jerk quite literally knee jerk reaction more like an elbow jerk so would you hit him with an uppercut that is that is i can just picture that now just like just just (laughs) some unlaced late some unlaced work boots just soaring in the air seeing this dumb bitch landed on the ground and then you got him in a choke out that's funny that is funny dude oh that's great that the cop was there and he was like yeah i seen the whole thing he came right at you and you're like yeah 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 <laughs> the guy guy spit on me so you know i knocked him the fuck out <laughs> My favorite, 
my favorite part was when you were like, uh, uh, I think I taught him a lesson. <laughs> This took place about 15 years ago. I had uh, just moved back in with my father. I had had roommates and uh, my sister and my nephew were pretty much living in the house by by themselves. This was the house that I grew up in because my father was uh, spending most of his time with his girlfriend, which is fine. So I thought, you know, I'd move in with my sister and my nephew and uh, kind of help out. So one night I was sitting in the back TV room and my sister and nephew were upstairs sleeping. All the lights were on in the house. And this television room was an addition that my parents had put on when I was a kid. So it wasn't a part of the original house. In fact, the door that led to the room was actually a door that used to lead to the outdoors. So I was sitting on the couch, which... The doorway was to the left of me, and the television was straight in front of me. And I, uh, over the years, everybody in my family who had watched TV in this room would often think they saw somebody or saw something near the doorway. See, there was this chrome stand-up light. You know, most houses had them. They were not really chrome. It's like a gold color, tall lamp that was right at the doorway, and there was a light switch that worked it, even though it was right next to the wall. At any rate, um, so this night, stone sober, just sitting there. In fact, I'm not the type of person to hang around with the lights on in the house. I'm, uh, I, I was always the type of person to go around and shut off all the lights. You know, if you're not in the room, don't have the light on. But for some strange reason, I had the kitchen light on, the hallway that led to the TV room, and that same hallway leads down to the uh, laundry room. And all four lights were on. Uh, so I'm sitting there watching TV, and I keep noticing out of the corner of my eye, which is something that happened often, I would I kept noticing like what I thought was a person or somebody there, and I'd look, but often what, what, what it was was just a reflection off of that chrome lamp from the television. You know, the lights would change and flicker on the TV, and the lamp would, you know, but this was, there was no shadows, it was, the light was on. So I peek over and I, I swear I saw somebody just poke their head around the corner. Now I know my sister and my nephew, in fact, they might not even have been home. I think I was there by myself actually. I don't know, it was a long time ago and I just want to tell you the story. So I look over and I thought I saw someone poke their head around the corner. So I immediately hopped up off the couch. I was sitting on the couch, you know, crisscross applesauce or whatever you want to call it. And I jumped up off the couch and I looked over. And as I did, I'm like, oh, I definitely saw something. Something kind of pulled its head back. So I took the four steps it took to get to the doorway. And I I saw like a part of a body like going around the corner. Just, 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 just far enough away from me so that it was always getting away. I know this is all happening in a few seconds, but it was so surreal in the amount of time it took for me to see it. And as I came around the corner, there was a person, it was a woman, all dressed in black like the 1800s. Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe the early 1900s. Almost like a person would, the type of gown someone would wear to a, a funeral or something. And they, were take, they took like three steps into the laundry room. And I was 
dumbfounded, but not scared, but sort of scared. But I still, like, just followed behind it. And as I did, like I said, I was just far enough behind it so that it was always just taking a corner. So it was like an S-turn that I had to get through, like, out of the TV room, into the hallway, and then into the laundry room. And I followed behind it, never quite seeing its face, never quite seeing the entire body. But definitely, it was not an apparition. It was not uh, anything fuzzy. It was a sharp picture of a person, a female, walk into that room. And I chased it right into the blind room, and then there was nothing. And I stood there with my eyes wide open, all the lights on in the house downstairs. And I said out loud, well... You know who I am, so I don't think I have to be afraid of you, because I've lived here my entire life, and I just started kind of weirdly laughing, and I was like, okay, and I went back into the living room, kind of scared now, but then a weird calm came over me, and I, I kind of realized what I had just said out loud was really reaffirming that, yeah, I don't really have anything to be afraid of, nothing's ever happened to me in this house, there's no problems. So I sat back up on the couch. The television was on and everything, you know. I sat back on the couch and, you know, just blankly stared at the TV. And then something caught my eye on the television and I just watched it. And uh, I didn't think about it. And I went to bed that night and everything was fine. I didn't think about it for years. So like I said, my parents, I don't know if I actually said this, but my parents were divorced. And my father had the house and my sister and my nephew were living there. And then, you know, I ended up, uh, I don't know, I live with my family now, and I was moving out, and my sister uh, lives with her boyfriend or fiancé now, and uh, my dad sold the house back to my mom, and my mom and my stepfather moved in. And, you know, my father has lives with his girlfriend now, his fiancé, actually, and we all live, none of us live in that home anymore. But I still go there all the time to visit my mother. And my stepfather told me one day, it's a game like, if you haven't noticed anything weird happened at this house? And I was like, uh, I don't know, not really. I mean, has he ever seen a ghost or anything? And I said, and the first thing I thought of was my best friend Jay lived across the street, and he used to have, like, that sleep paralysis thing where he'd see things. And I don't know if it was, like, being in that half-awake state where it's a dream or if he really was seeing stuff, but he saw he used to see a similar era man, like, but he said it was like hovering over his bed and all this, this, this and that. So I started to tell him that story. And he's like, no, 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 this is like a woman. And he just started to describe exactly what I saw. And just like that, almost as though enough time had gone by where I had just blocked it out of my mind, I remembered it. And I told him the story. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah, I've seen her twice. Once at the top of the stairs in the house. And I forgot where he said the other one was. I think he said it was somewhere else, like in a different part of the house and all I could think of was that if this is really a ghost and I'm buying into it because I do believe I saw it all I could think of was that it, it couldn't come into the TV room because maybe we had that television room built and you know it can't leave the confines of where its original space was I don't know I don't know this is all kind of silly you know but part of me doesn't really believe in this stuff but part of me can't deny what I actually saw you know, so, I mean, he, he wasn't scared of what he saw either, but at the same time, he was a little weirded out by it, so I'm going to try to upload a picture of my house from 
like I have to say, like the early 1900s. I, I can tell because there's like a Model T Ford in the picture. Uh, I don't, one of my neighbors actually had it. My house is close to 150 years old, almost 200 years old, I, I'm, I'm guessing. But, you know, it has like a dirt basement with like a trap door that goes down to it. And, you know, the house was built originally without plumbing um, or, or a bathroom even, uh, for that matter. So, I don't know, it has some history. If you look uh, in the area where I live in central Massachusetts, we used to be an aerial photo I had seen of my neighborhood, and there's only my house, my buddy Jay's, and another one on the street at the time from the photo. It's from a really long time ago. But anyhow, I don't know, I thought it was an interesting story. It's not really funny. It's not really that crazy, but it happened to me, and I believe it. So thank you very much. Thank you very much.